0: You're listening to Brand and Butter, a straight talking, occasionally in your face, no BS branding podcast for modern marketers and business owners. Here for those who want to understand the influence and power of branding and how pairing association, consumer behaviour, and design thinking can impact what people see, think, and feel. I'm your host, Tara Ladd, the Sometimes Funny sometimes vulnerable and often unapologetically blunt founder and creative director of brand and design agency, your one and only. Hello, we have a great episode today. This one really applies for anyone who is starting a business or wants to rebrand their business. So If you're looking at repositioning, if you're an existing business, this is also a really good um, episode for you because what we're going to do in this episode is lay down the basic foundations of what create a brand. And sometimes if we're, um, you know, working through fly like on the fly and trying to figure out what it is that we need um, on the go, you'll find that you'll miss these crucial elements if we're winging it. And most of the time when we're starting a business, we're winging it, let's face it. Uh, so from a brand perspective, which is probably pretty crucial, this the things I've learned along the way, but also from, um, you know, getting those really important organizational structures in place. This, even if you just plan on being a freelancer, um, this is some pretty important detail. So I'm going to talk about, first and foremost, uh, the most important thing that you really need to focus on is getting uh, your your systems and your processes is in order. So, a strategy isn't just about how you're going to go to market and how you're going to talk about um, you know, what you look like and how you sound and which is also part of the identity. There's crucial parts of a strategy that people don't talk about as much and you'll see there with a brand there are so many different elements to it that people just have very specialist um, you know, roles out there talking about this type of stuff. So you have coaches, you have uh, accountants and you have, uh, you know, all these different people that talk about models and systems and all of this is all part of a brand strategy. Like all of that coming together is, is a brand strategy. And then there's tactics, which is how you implement certain things to make things happen. So marketers are great because um, marketing is essentially the be-all, end-all of, of how you communicate your messaging for your brand. And they talk about how to fix things up. But what we're going to talk about today is those crucial elements of your who, what, when, where, how, and why. And it seems pretty straightforward, but there are so many little things in here. You can like grab a pen and start writing this stuff down because it's, it's quite, um, there's all these tiny little things. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. So let's just start with the who. Now, the who is a pretty important detail when it comes to communicating who you are. Now, sometimes, now let's face it, sometimes we don't actually know. And it's it's a real um, it's a real find your find your own adventure or choose your own adventure as you go along the way. Because like I say to people that are starting out, you will have a target market, but you will find that sometimes along the way, that target market might be someone completely different to who you thought it was going to be. Or you might find that people are asking for a certain thing that you didn't even think to offer. So you kind of switch the direction. So business plan is a great place to start. And keep in mind that I just said things change. So you don't want to be hard-lined to that business plan. You want to know that there could be things along the way that can change. But essentially, your business plan outlines what you want to do, how you want to achieve it, uh, where you want to be in one year, three year, five year time. would probably would not plan it any longer than that. We all know what happened with COVID. (laughs) Uh, That threw everyone's plans out the window. But it's just having the ability to to future-proof things because when you have a business plan in place, that's when you can create a marketing plan. So if you say that in, uh, and I'll give you my example of when I started uh, Your One and Only, my five-year business plan was that I wanted to have five staff. Uh, I wanted to have a studio. I didn't want to be at home. I wanted to be earning X amount of dollars and you know those types of goals, smart goals that you can actually uh, make achievable through um, through work. So then when you have those plans in place, then you can set a marketing goal up and those marketing goals align to that business plan. So you say, I want to earn this much revenue in one year's time. You go, okay, okay. How are we going to do that? Do we need to look at your pricing strategy? Do we need to look at uh, your target market? Who are we exposing ourselves to? Like, where are we collaborating? How can we get people in the doors? Like, this is the type of stuff that a marketing strategy does. And this is why marketing is so important. Now, branding falls as a subset of marketing. So how you present yourself and your visual identity is a subset of marketing. And we specialize in the niche of branding. Now, when we talk about marketing, marketing so top tier. It's talking about how you execute yourself from a, you know, from a front to end channel marketing strategy. It's all of these different things, you know, like paid advertising, placements, positioning. And while we do that from a branding perspective, there are so many different elements of marketing that that really knuckle down um, on tiny, tiny details. So I would suggest having a look at some of the marketers that are out there and seeing what they do. And then there's obviously subsets of marketing, digital marketing, you know, and all that type of stuff, social media marketing. But in this instance, we're talking about, um, you know, so once you've got those, those key things in place, then you can start to work out, how you're going to do things. So if you know that you want to attract a specific type of target market and you say you want to earn X amount of dollars, that means that you might go out with a pricing strategy with a quality over quantity thing and it means that you want to target a specific socioeconomic target market. Now, put that. let's put that in layman's terms, a target market that fits your income bracket. So, you know, you, you would... Chanel is not appearing to the everyday, uh, you know, low to middle tier... Um, you know, uh, socioeconomic bracket. No one's going into Chanel and being all like, hey, let me just get that $6,000 bag off the shelf. No. So, you know, they have a very high lux market and they know how to speak to that audience. And that's why that is important. So, which is what I'll talk about in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, So when we talk about the what, it's about what it is that you do. So you've got your who and uh, your who kind of talks about you know what it is that who you are, what you believe in, what your values are, what your purpose is, and all of that needs to come into play in this in the foundation and the essence of the business of the business and the brand, because that is what people buy into. Again, I will talk about this in the next episode where we talk about belief systems. But this is really important because people buy through emotion and if you can connect on a much deeper deeper level than just a product or a service, then you're going to tackle that. Apple, and I'll use it as an example because it's widespread, everyone knows them, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind why they are the number one brand in the world. The most valuable, the most respected, be that you might have some haters here and there, but most people... Trust and admire Apple. And because of that, they have managed to humanize their brand. Probably one of the first brands to ever do it. We're seeing a lot of it now, uh, but you would have seen Apple personalize their brand. They weren't just a, you know, it, it kind of connected the consumer with the brand as opposed to being uh, the brand top level looking down and consumers buying, you know, from a faceless entity. Now we're seeing people really come through. We're seeing authenticity come through. We're seeing what you're buying into. So you're not just buying from a brand, you're buying from people. Um, and also it creates that real empathy um, driven message that people emotionally connect to. And there's a whole thing on the brain that I'll talk about later, but that is what you want to do. You want to tackle sensory marketing, sensory sensory receptors in, in your mind, and uh, it creates much deeper memorability when you're tackling. So like, for instance, we talk about, last week we talked about uh, Subway having a smell um, and all of those things that that become memorable. These are the things that you want to kind of try and do. Now, obviously, if you're starting out, you're not going to go and do stuff like that, but it's just important to know about how you can connect on a real humanized level. So that just might be that you just put your face out there. And this is why people say it's so important to put your face out because people see the person that runs the brand and they're more than likely to feel connected with the person as opposed to just seeing the brand as a brand. And that's why it's so important to understand who you are because when people understand you know, who you are, they 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 will invest. And then we talk about the what what it is that you do, what do you sell, what is the product, you know, and then why is it different? Why do you stand out? What is your why? You know, are you out there like thank you water that is 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 selling a product or, you know, who gives a crap toilet paper that are out selling and doing something as a social enterprise? They're out doing things to uh, sell a product to make change. Uh, people are going to go out to the shop and they're going to buy those things if they are socially, you know, a socially conscious consumer, they're going to go buy those things because why spend money on a toilet paper that will just go to the company to profiteer when you can actually spend money on this toilet paper and it goes to a good cause and it helps to to human, te- human humanitarian rights. God spit it out. That. So that's that's an, a really interesting topic to talk about. Again, I'll talk about this next week. So the when is when you do things like the where element is really important as well. So, where are you located? Local area marketing. So that's basically, uh, c- uh, you know, communicating to your area it helps to build that community, um, that community vibe. So when people know that you are the go-to in your area, it's always been known you own your area first and then kind of work out, but you know, social media and, uh, remote working now has kind of broken those rules a little bit, but it's always good because you're more than likely to engage with people in your local community. There's more like, it's more likely to be, um, you know, I guess a word of mouth community orientated vibe. So your name can get passed around a lot more through social circles for people that may want to use someone that's a local. You can, this is why local area marketing is so important. Support local messages. Uh, People want to go to their local butcher versus going to their, you know, the local Woolworths uh, because they know that it's going to support someone within their community. So that, that location-based uh, messaging is is really important. So where are you located? And and how do you, I guess this is a different variant of how, but how do you uh, apply a service or, or a product to people that go beyond that? And and this is an important aspect of, um, I guess, the demographic of, of location. Are you are you Australian based? Are you overseas based? Like this is, if you're listening from overseas, obviously we're Australian. So this is why we use that as a central, but you know, it's important to know where those key locations are, because if you're starting to talk to a completely different demographic, you have to take into consideration that that message may change. So, you know, if you are like from where we are in New One and Only, we're a remote metropolitan kind of country-ish area. So like, you know, we're not mainstream CBD, we're kind of country city, is is what I always like to say. And um so we're not gonna use C B D messaging in our area. It's just not what it is. We live out here for a reason, it's not the same thing. Uh and and knowing that is it builds relatability with your audience from your local area. So when you start to talk the lango, start to talk the tone, it's like talking Australian communication to an Australian market and then trying to take that overseas. They just do not get it. So it's understanding the language that you use, the the way that you use prompts and things like that to build relatability with your audience should you be a local area. like, And that would be applicable to anyone that has, you know, like a fixed location, like a, like a, a mechanic or a hairdresser or someone that is in a location that obviously can't do remote work, so it's important to understand those nitty-gritty details. Uh, and then obviously anyone that's that got a product-based business in Australia, then you would speak to the wider demographic but still still understand those messages that you would use to international versus you know Australian-based audiences, which is where the whole segmentation in email comes in. But we'll talk about that another time. We'll get someone in that talks about like crucial detail with market segmentation because that's a a whole, a whole thing. So how you do it's really important. If you are a product-based business, uh, you want to talk about how you manufacture uh, how what what the quality is of your product? You know how you run your show. If you're a service based business, you want to take them behind the scenes. You want to show them how it works, the processes. Um, how you run your business is so important to people. This is where you would see there was a big boycott with um, uh, was it Nike? Um, can't even remember, but it was a big company that was using. Uh, Basically, like slave labor. Um, and everyone boycotted the brands because they didn't believe in that. So they just really want transparency with the way that you conduct your business. Now, should you be using an international, you know, uh, like a Chinese based manufacturer, that's fine. You just need to communicate those messages and I would be very inclined to be very sustainable in the way that you do the practices and you'd have to obviously go down the route of understanding where it is, who the employees are, how they run their businesses. This is why suppliers and the suppliers that you choose to use are also crucial because they are essentially now a brand association. So if you affiliate yourself with someone or you associate yourself with someone, I should say, uh, that is running a shifty business. You by association is then going to become a shifty business. So this is why brand collaborations are so important, and you need to understand that just because someone has like a huge audience, if you are going to collaborate from I don't know an influential standpoint, then you need to know what their belief systems are, and you know who their audiences are, and what they say and what they do, because like old mate Kanye West and Adidas, that can be pretty pretty detrimental on on your um, investment into someone like that or or. Even just your brand presence. So now they're left with all this, like, billions of worth of stock <laughs> and their reputation um, took a bit of a beating. So it's important to know who, and that obviously that's a much bigger scale, but this can happen from suppliers' point. You know, you want to make sure that you're using the right people. Um, I did a lot of research before I would invest in someone and I dabbled in a lot of different suppliers until I found people that aligned with us. I even told um, one of my, one of my, um, collaborators, I would, I would say, I'm obviously not going to throw them under the bus to throw their prices up because what was happening was I was referring our branding projects to this person and they came across so cheap that it was bringing our brand presence down. So I was like, you are better than this. You need to bring your prices up and align with us. Um, and they did and they're killing it. So, you know, it's, it's just understanding, um, and it's value and respect and how you fit into the market and how you run your show and how you do things, like what are your belief systems and all of those types of things, again, next week. So your why is, let's jumping subject because I talk really quickly, the why is basically your foundation. Like if your business is suffering financial turmoil, which most of us are at the moment, what gets you out of bed in the morning and what stops you from giving up? Like we all start a business for a reason or we all have a business for a reason and or we even join one you know, it, sometimes it's not about having a job. It's about aligning to a much bigger purpose. And when you join uh, or you run a business, there is a reason you've started it. There's obviously something missing in the market and that's what you're trying to change. And you're trying to provide something that's different. That Let's bring in the differentiation. So how are you different? Uh, and it's not. it doesn't have to be something big and fandangled. Like for me, it was just about starting something where I was working top level agency and we were working with a lot of big brands and it was very political. And a lot of the times you have to work through six different people to kind of get your work out. By the time it gets there, it's so diluted. It doesn't even feel like you work anymore. Um, and it just felt like I was putting crap to market, right? Everyone wanted their stamp of approval. I didn't feel like anything was really purposeful. So I wanted to create uh, a business that uh, allowed me to to make change, uh, and that doesn't mean huge social change. It means to provide change in the everyday person's life, for like people like you. So you want to start your business? It's going to help to provide for your family, and if I can help you do that, that to me is a tick of a tick off the box. And that's why I love to share my stories because it's not about creating this huge, massive vision. It's just by allowing people to just do what they love. Like that to me is everything. If I can help someone do what they love, then to me that's just helping the everyday person. And why does it have to be some big mission? It just it we're all we're all worthy of of having great things. So I believe that's that was one of my sole purposes. And another so basically don't put shit to market is my why. But another thing is to provide like our local area was um at the time it was pretty you know, quiet. Everyone was going to the CBD and I wanted to provide a really valuable service uh, that they could have gotten the CBD. Like why should everyone have to travel to the city to get a good service? It was just, and I'm not talking about just where we are in Camden, obviously anyone that's remotely close, like, you know, people from Parramatta like can come out to us or from Wollongong can come out to us and and physically be here without having to trek all the way into the city. Now, given that in Parramatta, you could trek to the city, but why would you go in with the traffic? You can go against it. So there was lots of reasonings and I, we've obviously picked up some great clients out here that valued that. And so that was another reason. Um, the third reason for me, there's three, was, so obviously put don't put shit to markets, number one, but it, these are all my motivations to start a business. And That was because I saw the way that women were in advertising. They were treated in advertising. And I knew uh, coming into my mid-20s that if I wasn't where I wanted to be by the time I was 25, then my mission and my motivation to what my career looked like changed. So 25 came around and I had so many different interviews with uh, a lot of the, you know, big ad agencies. And you know what they always used to say to me? We love your work. It's amazing. Um, What is your salary expectation? And every single time I gave them my salary expectation, I never got the job. And it wasn't out, like outlasting my, what I was worth. I just, I just had all of these qualifications. I was really good at what I did. And you know what? When I started my own business, no one blinked. Like everyone pays us what we're worth because they know that I provide so much work. You know, I know a lot of people probably kicking themselves. Um, and there was one that I did get my salary expectation for. But again, so much comes into play and it was over the bridge in St. Leonard's. It was a really great agency, but there was going to be a lot of travel involved. So it was going to be like two and a half hours door to door every day. That's five hours of travel a day, guys. That's 25 hours a week in travel. So that was probably the very, very, very last interview I had. And to me, that was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. And travel ended up becoming an issue. So I started started my thing. Um, I had my plan to start my business in 20, well, I had my 10-year-long service and I got a re- paid-out redundancy because our company merged and it was like go time. So all of those things came into my consideration, but essentially the key reason, and I still stick to it by this day, is don't put shit to market and all of those other factors come, in, come into it as well. So that helped me to become a working mother. It helped me to provide balance into the way that I work. Now don't get me wrong, there's still no balance. What is balance? But it's, it's it gives me a lot more flexibility to do what I can do and I wouldn't have it any other way. So, you know, your differentiation as to why you exist matters. It doesn't have to be some big glorified strategic, you know, idea, but that's just that. But they're like just basic, you know, fundamental things to think about when you're starting your brand because when you think about those key issues they help to create the blueprint that will become your brand so check back into um if you're not signed up to our email make sure that you jump on because we're releasing a uh, lead magnet soon which we'll share obviously with all of our people already on our list um that we'll be talking about these key things and we're going to be creating a worksheet that you can talk through this stuff on and it will just be really good to to map out it essentially creates your blueprint and As to finish off that, like, you know, once you kind of have all those things down, then you create a SWOT analysis, which basically is a cross on the page. And in each line, you create strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And you write down those things. And if you don't know what that is, go and have, go Google it and have a look at how they do it, because that's a really important thing that you can do to kind of help figure out how you can position yourself within the market. Uh, But positioning is really important too. So if you're like, say, you have like a, you're a coffee roaster. Like, you know, are you going to position yourself in Woolworths or are you going to position yourself in this really cool, trendy, like local cafe? Like people perceive your brand very differently with how and where you position yourself. Same with pricing, as I said before. But the key things that I reckon that you should really focus on is good finances, having good financial structure. This is what led us down the last couple of years. So having a good finance system, who, who didn't let down the last couple of years, but having that strong and thriving is so important. So, you know, I would always hire someone in finance over someone else because, and I know that sounds so weird, but having key key pricing and uh, monetary goals and, uh, you know, plans are so, so, so important. It allow it helps you to know who can hire, when you can spend, what you should spend on, like where your allocations are. Like that is so, I can't, I cannot stress that enough. Get like bookkeepers and accountants should be, you know, and, and even like strategists in finance should be on your top of your to-do list uh, aligning with that is also your systems and your processes, having a clear and easy system helps to save so much time in admin. And it will, you know, anyone that focuses in the systems and processes space, I would go and have a look at their pages and see what they're saying, because having strong systems and, you know, funnels help to, and I know that funnel sounds like such a dirty word, but it's just basically like having, what do you want them to do when they inquire? Where do you want them to go? We're working with uh, like all of these, um, crucial elements of our business at the moment, since we've changed direction a little bit. And that's so important. Like, you know, where are they? And basically, a simple fun: where are they coming in? Are they, are you in brand awareness stage? Uh, Are they a lead? If they've bought from you, how do you then retain that client? Because did you know that 20% of your customer base will form 80% of your business revenue? So having your top, you know, performing customers um, are so important to keep in the loop because they will keep coming back because that will essentially build brand loyalty, which again, I'll talk about later. But they're pretty much some, just some really basic things to think about. And we have a big blog about this on our web, website. So go and have a look. Uh, you can read that. Um, and if you have any questions, you know that you can always reach out on our Instagram uh, at you on and only underscore au. we we're, Always happy to talk about that. But from a positioning standpoint, like where you are in the business starting out and repositioning, you know, if you're trying to go down a different avenue, these are the things that you should always come back and look at. Because if these things have changed, if you're rebranding, if these things have changed from the beginning, then this is really important to go back and have a look at. And then you can figure out how you're going to present yourself moving forward. It's all good to say that you want to rebrand, but if you're not focusing on these aspects of the rebrand, then, you know, you're just going to roll a shit and glitter pretty much. So that's it for today. Stay tuned for next week. If you're new around here, be sure to go back and listen to the last couple of episodes. And I hope to see you all or hear from you all next week. Did you like that episode? I hope so. Because if you did, why don't you head over to whatever platform you listen on and rate and review? It's much appreciated and helps others know what we're about. If you want to follow us, you can find us at your one and only underscore AU on Instagram or head to www.youroneonly.com.au.